Therefore, stay awake, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Please be seated. Benedictine monks know a little something about how to mind the door. Part of Benedictine spirituality is to greet any guest, any stranger at the door as if they are Christ. In the setting of a monastery, though, this this wasn't simply a spiritual practice so that the monks could get to know each other a little bit better. Monasteries, especially in Benedict's day, this is the fourth century, were places of respite and safety amid a civilization that was falling apart so quickly it could barely even be called a civilization anymore. In times of disruption and uncertainty, we Christians have found meaning in deepening our commitments to God and to one another. The harsher it gets outside those doors, the harder we must work to cherish the image of God in every single person we meet, the more we must give ourselves over to the reconciling work of love. Always meet guests as if they are Christ. Now, in a Benedictine monastery, everybody had a specific job. So uh, one person would be the cellarer, another would be a kitchen attendant, and somebody uh, was the actual doorkeeper. So for that somebody, the task of mining the door uh, was a very specific thing. And for that person, it didn't matter what, what hour of the day or night that knock came. It, it didn't matter uh, how many people had come in the last day or, or hour even. It didn't matter what that person looked like. The doorkeeper was to regard that guest as if it were Jesus himself knocking on the door, asking to come in. It's one of the most profound and oldest practices of our faith. To love Jesus is to see Jesus in every single person we meet and to imagine every time that we encounter someone that we are meeting them, that we are meeting Jesus there at the very threshold of our hearts. And so how we mind the door matters. If we see a person who if we see a person as a nuisance or a burden or even an enemy, then we miss out on something. We miss out on the spark of divinity within them, and we miss out on some way that God is inviting us to grow. When we invite someone in, we open our hearts to something deeply uncertain, but also to an opportunity to grow in our relationship with God and with each other. Now, now this seems like, thinking of this doorkeeper and looking for Christ in every person we meet, that, that seems like the right way to greet folk, doesn't it? Right? Whether, whether we're meeting that future son-in-law or, or, meeting, or, or welcoming somebody new to church or making space for the immigrant or refugee in our society, 
how we mind that door says a whole lot about who we are. It says a lot about who, how we love, and it says a lot about who we think God is. But then, the gospel today takes this whole doorkeeper thing in a bit of a different direction. Now, Jesus says to his disciples, keep awake, right? Very, very Advent theme, keep awake. And so naturally, I think, as, as you could tell, I think of that Benedictine doorkeeper staying awake all hours, actually hoping to meet Jesus again and again at the door, or at the very least, stationing his bed close enough to the door so that when that is heard, he can quickly leap out of bed and go and greet the stranger and in so doing to greet Christ. But in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus paints it a little bit differently. He says that we need to stay awake, but to stay on guard. Because when the Lord comes, he will arrive like a thief in the night. Not to, um, not to reconcile and reward so much as to disrupt and even plunder. Not the image of Jesus we're used to. And no, Jesus is not a pirate. I'm not going in that direction. But it does challenge us a little bit about what it means to meet someone at that threshold because suddenly we're actually thinking about what we might lose if we let the Son of God in. How we mind the door says a lot about our souls. But which kind of doorkeeper are we supposed to be? Are we supposed to be a security guard or a monk? A Benedictine or a bouncer? Well, the monk is going to be attentive to what they might gain from meeting the guest who is knocking, whereas the security guard is attentive to what they might lose if the stranger gets past them. So same interaction, but slightly different view of how we approach it, yet they both have the one key job description, which is stay awake. Stay awake. You know what time it is, says Paul. Now is the moment for you to wake from sleep. The candles of Advent, they, they are uh, lovely. But, you know, maybe a better, a, a better symbol for Advent would be an alarm bell ringing. Or better yet, a, a gigantic grandfather clock ringing and resounding through the stone halls of the cathedral. Walter Brueggemann writes of how the mighty begin to lose their legitimacy when they lose sight of the clock, when they lose track of time, when that great clock rings with the true time, but the ones in power don't want to face the fact that their time is just about up. So what do they do? They abolish clocks. They muffle the sound of the alarm and perhaps wind them back or even try to reset them, but they never quite manage to change the actual time, do they? 
The night is coming to an end, whether they like it or not. It's almost as if Paul is addressing himself to a group of sleepwalkers. The the sunrise is coming, but rather than waiting for it expectantly and hopefully, the people seem lost in this gauzy reality of their own creation, one of reveling and drunkenness, debauchery and licentiousness, quarreling and jealousy. My goodness, what a list this is, right? And, and there's, there's something in there for everybody. Perhaps you have not debauched recently. Um, if you have, I'm hearing confession every day this week. But there, there's something there for each of us that lulls us to sleep something that gets our pulse racing, something that makes us feel alive. And and all of these are things that are supposed to make us feel alive and keep us awake all night. But in reality, they are the very things that put us right to sleep. They sedate us. Fighting and partying, drunkenness and debauchery, quarreling, pettiness, self-centric living. All those things that, that give us a rush, all those things that blunt the pain, the compulsions that keep us, though not awake, not awake, but sleepwalking. And is that what we want? Maybe it is. Maybe we want to sleep through the night and just not be bothered by the knock at the door. Then we can stay in our dream world and not have our actual lives disrupted. Or, another alternative, do we just install a a top-grade security system and let the good folks at Ring monitor, watch the house from a distance, so that we can be left alone with all our stuff? Maybe, but then we're just locked in with it, and that is just death by another name. Paul gives us a pretty powerful list of the things that put us to sleep, but few things, and here's where we really get to the Advent part of the story, few things properly sedate us like certainty. Certainty that we have all the right answers Certainty that Jesus has a checklist for us and good news, we've already got all the boxes or almost all of them. Certainty of the Advent timeline that Jesus' ultimate return is either never, meaning it's a good story but no more, or that return is next Tuesday at 7.30, meaning our whole relationship with the world depends on Jesus showing up and proving us right. Can we live with the reality that the second advent is coming and that the best answer that we can give is that it simply isn't for us to know when? Can we even find grace and energy in that? Can we manage to stay awake indefinitely without resorting to all of those numbing agents that help us to pass the time. Help us to live through uncertainty, which we all know is just about impossible to do. Well, this awkward 
uncertainty in the mind of Stanley Saunders is actually a feature and not a bug. Christians, he writes, do not know, cannot know, and are not supposed to know when the Lord is coming. This is a condition we are to embrace, not attempt to overcome. And that means living in the world as if the eternal is already upon us. It means serving our neighbor today because waiting means living. And that means loving and that means living ethically. In this in-between space, between apathy that nothing's changing and anxiety that, that it's just not coming soon enough, my mentor David Bartlett would say that we must replace the sedative of apathy with faith and the churning anxiousness with the gift of hope. To be awake, to mind the door, is to be grounded not in apathy or anxiety, but in faith and hope. It is not only to be watchful, but to practice watchfulness as the very essence of our Christian life. Amen.